In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. We'll spend the most amount of time in this setup on our first reading. It's from the book of the prophet Jonah. Jonah is a hilarious tale. It's dripping with irony and role reversals and hyperbole. As we look at our first reading, I want you to think of that movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. You remember it, the one where he wakes up and lives the same day over and over again? Well, our first reading would be like day two of Groundhog Day. It begins with, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Set out for the great city of Nineveh, and announce to it the message that I will tell you. This is chapter 3, verse 1. Chapter 1, verse 1 of the same book of Jonah is like day 1 of Groundhog Day. The wording is exactly the same, with the exception of one single word. There, Jonah is described as son of Amittai. After Jonah lives day 1 of Groundhog Day at the very beginning of the story, he doesn't do what the Lord asks, that is, to set out for the great city of Nineveh. And all sorts of calamities ensue, leading up to the end of chapter 2 when he finds himself inside the belly of a fish. But now he's living day two of Groundhog Day. God asks him, word for word, to do that which he already asked him to do and didn't do. This time, Jonah does do it. Now, remember that I said the book of Jonah is meant to be humorous, so we really can't get caught up in the details. Like, for example... Did Jonah really spend three days inside a fish? It's, it's silly, right? Don't, don't take it seriously. And another thing we can't take seriously is the description that we hear in our first reading that Nineveh takes three days to go through. Scholars estimate that at its absolute heyday, Nineveh was a little less than eight miles in circumference. Eight miles is definitely not a three days journey. Just ask him and M. As a side note, the three days of walking through Nineveh is meant to parallel the three days in the fish. Rounding out our look at the first reading, Jonah preaches 40 days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed. After the people repent, God observes their actions and the destroying doesn't occur. But in some sense, it does. The word for destroyed means more literally overturned or reformed. And in this sense, Nineveh actually is reformed by Jonah's preaching. They turn to the Lord God. Nineveh just isn't reformed or destroyed in the way that Jonah would like. And so, the remainder of the story is him bellyaching to God about this. Our second reading once again comes from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And in fact, this will be the case from now on until we begin Lent. Here, St. Paul begins by saying, the time is running out. Does he mean? He's talking about the end of time, obviously. But what he's specifically calling their attention to is that when we keep the end of time before us, things that we might believe have lasting value actually do not. He says those who are weeping ought to act as not weeping, those rejoicing as not rejoicing, because the world in its present form is passing away. Whatever we find ourselves in the midst of, we should remember that this is not the end. Paul's whole message in this passage can be summed up with one word, detachment. As we take a look at our gospel for this weekend, perhaps you've heard it said before that Jesus chose a ragtag bunch of uneducated and impoverished fishermen as his closest followers. Yet our gospel excerpt indicates that this isn't entirely true. We're told that, when Jesus calls James and John, they left their father in the boat along with the hired men. This indicates that they likely owned this boat themselves, there were no Uber boats at the time, and in addition, they had employees working for them. The gospel begins, after John had been arrested. 
This word for arrested is the same word we'll see occur frequently later in the gospel to describe how Jesus was handed over during his passion. Thus, this word sets the stage as a sort of foreshadowing, just as we saw John the Baptist preach, be handed over, and soon be executed, so too will Jesus follow the same course of events. Lastly, the method by which Jesus draws his followers is the opposite of what was common at the time. Typically, rabbis would begin to teach, and as they moved around, followers in time would follow in. Here, however, Jesus takes the initiative. He's the one taking the lead. And the same is true in our entire life of faith. He takes the initiative, and we respond. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this Sunday, the third Sunday in ordinary time of year B. If Sunday setup helps you better prepare for Sunday Mass, be sure to please spread the word around and share this podcast with a friend. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.